welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson, and we're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Nico Foster in September at our events at the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silverton and James Ranch just north of Durango when the theme was water. We want to say a big thanks to the Silverton Theater Mind for helping us work with Silverton Storytellers. Nico's family includes wife Laurel, daughter Mayana, son Marsalis, and puppies Rainbow and Lightning. He is rapidly approaching 40 years of age and a possible midlife crisis. His ideal midlife crisis would be to drive his 73 VW bus through the South to Florida, paddleboard across the Atlantic to Italy, where he would be paid to play professional basketball and would take his holidays in Africa drumming and dancing his butt off. Family in tow, of course. Here is Nico's story. So I'd heard about Burners Bay as a place that could go from flat calm to raging seas in a matter of minutes. And so I was on high alert. <clears throat> I was in my kayak, and this is north of Juneau, Alaska, and I'm kayaking across Burners Bay as fast as I can. And I get probably three quarters of the way, maybe even more across, and I'm thinking things are going really well. Like it is just flat calm and kind of hungry and I'm going to have a snack in the kayak. What could go wrong? <clears throat> so I'm having a snack <clears throat> and uh, I like to eat peanut butter and cheese back then. That was my power snack. Um, and out of the corner of my eye, out off my right shoulder, I'm sitting in the kayak, and I see this dorsal fin come out of the water going really, really fast. It's a really, really big dorsal fin, and there is nobody else around. So I'm going to back up a little bit. I grew up in Juneau, Alaska, and uh, I had a single mom. Um, who's actually in Durango right now. She got a cold, so she couldn't be here. But um, I had a single mom, and I was surrounded by amazing wilderness. But we didn't get out that much. We did a couple camping trips and things like that, but we didn't get out that much. So sports was my outlet, and I threw myself into it, and – at some point during high school, I realized that I wasn't going to be Michael Jordan, which <clears throat> was pretty, pretty sobering <laughs> because that was my plan. <laughs> and uh, so I really, I literally changed my Nikes into Tevas and wool socks. And from then on, I was, my friends actually called me hippie. So, uh, in my early twenties, I had had quite a few adventures by then. And, um, I figured it was time to really dive in metaphorically speaking to Southeast Alaska, where I was from, get to know this place, get to know the waterways because I had done some mountaineering and things like that. And so I honed in on a goal. 
which is a really good thing for a guy in his early 20s to do. And the goal was to build a kayak out of wood. And I have to say that when the kayak was finished, it was a thing of beauty. It was made of local, locally milled red, red and yellow cedar that was clear. And it was 19 feet, three inches long, which is a really long kayak. It's actually, I measured it with these shoes, which might be a little bit more than a foot. But from that wall to that wall is around 19 feet. It's also the average size of an adult male orca whale. Which brings us back to that dorsal fin. So a little bit about killer whales. They're not known. In fact, they never attack humans. They have really large brains. But I'm not sure if, I know I didn't know that, and I'm not sure if that killer whale knew that. <laughs> because the way he was coming towards me, he looked like he wanted to eat me. And so the way that I've come to terms with what happened next is that we danced. This killer whale and I danced. And he came by me so close, and I could see his eye looking up at me. And then he took off to the west, just ah, just this dorsal fin. Ah. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that was a close call. And then he turns around, starts coming back at me. And then he goes down, and he disappears. And that's it. And maybe came up again, but I wasn't looking. I was paddling. I think it's kind of funny to think about, like, what did I do with that snack? Like, when I saw him, did I, like, pop it in my mouth real quick? No, I don't know. I drop it. I eat it later. Anyways, that was a truly amazing, truly amazing summer in a young man's life. Happens to be my life. It was a really amazing summer. Spent kayaking all around the, the channels, the straits, the fjords, the islands. It's a magical place. And I got to be a part of it for a short time. Now, this might come as a surprise, but about a year later, I was looking for a way out of Alaska. I'd grown up there. My mom had grown up there. My grandpa had grown up there. I just knew there was something bigger, something different for me. And my ticket out of Alaska and to the Southwest was a job in wilderness therapy. So I went from rainy Juneau to very dry Monticello, Utah. <laughs> and now I spent my days walking around in the desert sometimes desperately searching for water with a bunch of teenagers that didn't want to be there. And I loved it. So one day, I'm in the staff house, which is a communal double wide in Monticello, Utah, and I'm doing the dishes, which is also a really good thing for a young man in his 20s to be doing. 
It didn't happen a whole lot, but there I was doing dishes. And I'm washing this cutting board, and I'm like, geez, this thing kind of looks familiar. Well, I turn it over, and it's got my initials on it, NJF, Nicholas J. Foster. And I kind of, I like look around, I'm like, who's in on this? Like, this is, this is crazy. I had built that cutting board eight years before the year after I graduated high school in Juneau, Alaska. And it, I mean, I didn't hold on to stuff. Like it had disappeared probably shortly after I built it. So it had traveled 2,600 miles to the exact place that I was going to be and presented itself. So a year in Monticello was amazing. But then I heard about another wilderness therapy company in Durango and they had organic food and they had yoga and meditation. And I thought that that was the place for me. So I moved to Durango, which was a great move. And I spent 10 amazing years there in Durango. And I met my wife, my lovely wife. And now we have two little kids, and now we have two little puppies. So we are crazy. So, but last fall, my wife happened to be looking on the um, Silverton Family Learning Center website where they had a job posting, and she applied, and she got it. And they were doing backflips to get her up here. And we're like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Because when you get an opportunity to move to Silverton, you take it. <laughs> I mean, come on. So here we are a year later. And mornings are rough. Two puppies, two kids, coffee, getting out the door. But I tell you, every single time I step out that front door and I look around, I'm like, holy S-H-I-T. <laughs> This is awesome. And it also feels a lot like home where I grew up. So the kayak is under my mom's house and it's waiting for the next adventure. And maybe my kids might want to do an adventure like that someday, but they have to build their own. The cutting board is a free spirit. Let's just put it that way. Because shortly after that reunion, that lovely reunion where I said, oh, I got, I'm going to hold on to you this time, it disappeared again. So hopefully it's out there in the universe in a sink, an exotic sink somewhere waiting for me. Thank you. Thanks, Nico, for sharing that story with us. Our next storytelling event will be a story slam with the theme of family on November 30th at the Sunflower Theater in Cortez and December 1st at the Durango Arts Center. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. We are currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in February of 2019 when the theme will be love. 
Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. Thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. And thanks also goes to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. And finally, our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Music